This is the Plan Simple Podcast. The one for you, my dear, the woman who wears so many hats. We both know how many people in your life benefit when you're at your best. What would happen if you were to ditch overwhelm and wear all those hats with ease? I'm going to share how simple this can be. We will dive into how to make health, family, home, spirituality, productivity, and entrepreneurship more easeful. Incredible friends and guests will come by for inspirational conversations, valuable shares, and real strategies so you can plan for your best life. My name is Mia Moran. I'm a mother of three, a wife, an entrepreneur, a coach, and your host. I wear a lot of hats, and I am committed to leading a balanced life and sharing all that I have learned and am learning with you. You're ready? Let's flow. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm so excited to be here with you today and for us to both be with our amazing guest, Megan Flatt. She's been on the podcast before. I think she's been on the podcast more than anybody because for a while we did this almost every week together because we have so much to talk about. And today we're going to talk about really the difference between productivity and focus and why focus definitely wins. Megan is an amazing business coach who you should definitely get to know and will get to know in this show. And she's also the founder of Focus Sessions, which are the 90-minute co-working sessions that actually we purchase for every single Flow 365-er because we so believe in not having to do our work alone as entrepreneurs and as women, um, just holding so many things and it being just naturally more hard to focus. So we get this for everybody, which is why I'm so passionate about what, what, what she does and what she offers because I really, really, truly believe in it. And so I had Megan on today to talk about focus because next week when we host our event, Make Space for Your Greatness, which I hope you're coming to, if you have not grabbed your complimentary ticket, definitely go do that. You can do that. Just go to plansimple.com. There's a banner at the top of the page. There's a pop-up that happens. It should not be hard to find. And the concept of this week is that so often we're just focused on so many tactics. And don't get me wrong, like some of the tactics, they're like winners, like meditation is amazing, but it can become something that is a burdensome item on a to-do list as much as cooking dinner, which just baffles me. So I really wanted to dive deeper into what it actually looks like to make space for our greatness, to make time for our greatness. And same goes with like, you have a health goal, right? And you decide you're going to clean up your food. And that just becomes this like slog, this hard thing that just every step feels like harder and harder and harder. And it's just, again, like eating well becomes another tactic on our list of thousands of tactics that we could and sometimes feel like we should do. And so we're going to really lean into what it looks like to come at all this from a different angle and what it looks like to spend our valuable, precious time 
growing our mindset so that it wants to eat well and meditate, right? Or cultivating a gratitude practice so that we're just coming at some of these tactics from a different angle. So we're really going to look at how we can spend our time in a different way that's not so tactic outward based and more comes from within us. And we're going to be looking at different areas where I see a lot of goals come up. So we're going to be focusing on the body. We're going to be focusing on money and abundance. We are going to be focused on just the idea of being able to dream and receive. These are a few things that come up a lot around here. And then as special super duper bonuses, this relates to Megan, you're going to get access to two focus sessions next week, and we're going to help frame exactly what you would do during those to really lean into your greatness. And you're going to get access to what we call our monthly OM and is going to be all about your greatness and really what it's like to make space to source from your greatness so that you're listening to yourself, uh, listening to your energy and to spirit as to what's next. And it's going to be a fantastic week. And I hope you can join us. Everything except obviously the focus sessions, because those are very, uh, you need to be there for those, will be recorded and available for the week, um, through the weekend, in case you can't watch them live. And I just am so excited to give all of us, I'm excited to learn. I'm as excited to learn as I am to be hosting this event. But I'm excited for all of us just to have more spaciousness and more mm, just ease around the things that show up in our life. And I really do believe that when we make space for our greatness, all that follows. So go grab your complimentary ticket if you haven't done it yet. All right, at plansimple.com. So that brings me back to our conversation today is that I just wanted to, I wanted Megan to really come on and explain more about this concept of focus and all of the sort of shoulds, I think, that come along with that. So we should be focused all the time, right? I'm, I'm Megan's going to has such great insight on that. I can't wait for you to hear the answer to that question from her and how like starting, like being a morning person, like that messaging, like there's so many messages that mess with our focus. And so Megan's really going to uncouple a lot of those on the show. I'm going to ask her lots of questions to help us do that. And she's also going to go into if we make this time to focus, how to really get clear on what we do during that focus time and how many of us bring full-on projects <laughs> to a focus. And that actually helps us to not focus. And so she's going to show us what to do instead. So this is like, like a kind of episode where sure, put your ear pods in and go on a walk. I never want to dissuade that, but you might also want a notebook for this one. You might want to be taking notes. You're going to get so many great nuggets that you can just run with. So with no further ado, let's get the amazing Megan Flat on the show. Megan, welcome back to the Plan Simple podcast. Yes, I think my you favorite place are to the, be. 
Yeah. And I, I would say that I think you're definitely the guest who has been on the most because we had a whole phase where we would like do this all the time and just keep talking and talking because there was so much to talk about. So yeah, we did yeah. a whole season together and that was so fun. I know. And here we are back again. So I'm excited. Um, my Everyone in Flow 365 loves when you come talk to us. They love everything you're doing because we get to experience it every day. So I'm so excited to get into this topic that you're so entrenched in right now, which is focus. So yeah. Where to even start? Let's start with like, can we just start at the beginning with why I'm not going to go with like to the back, back beginning of like Megan's whole life. Cause you right. guys, we're going to link to all the episodes, but I want to go back to the beginning of really thinking about focus and your understanding of why this is such an important thing. I'm going to say for us to focus on, Oh right. my God, that is so weird, but so for us to really think about and, and learn and embody kind of in a new way because we live in such an unfocused world right now that seems to just get more and more unfocused by the Instagram post, right? right? Like by the second. So will you, will you just tell us about your relationship with focus and, and why, why you really are so passionate about this right now? Yeah, absolutely. So I've always, and we've talked about this. Um, this is what we've talked about on the, on the podcast forever. Yeah. Like I've always loved time management and kind of project planning. And it's always been how I've a <laughs> run my business and my life, gotten things done. And honestly, also probably managed you know, my anxiety, right? Like if I've got a good calendar, if I've got a plan, if I know when things are going to happen, you know, then, then my nervous system can relax a little bit. And so I've spent so much of my life and my career kind of figuring out how to optimize my time. And, you know, I'm a mom, I've got two kids. And when I was starting my business, my kids were really young. And so I'm, you know, doing everything inside nap times and inside, you know, little windows of daycare. And, and so I just became even more obsessed with productivity, right? Like how do I get more done with this like limited amount of time? How do I get my, my to-do list has 47 things on it and I've got a 45 minute nap period. How do I get it all done? And then I burned out right? Like I burned out doing that. And this, and I think that we are in this really pervasive culture of hustle, right? And hustle harder and work harder and do more. In fact, when I Googled entrepreneurship recently, I wanted to get some quotes around entrepreneurship. And so I just threw that into Google. And the first few things that popped up were um, like entrepreneurs, I, you know, I can't remember exactly, but it's like entrepreneurs, are willing to sacrifice it all. And, you know, entrepreneurs will sleep when they're dead, right? Like, so it's like everything around this um, idea is that like, we've got to work harder. We've got to work all the time. If you, and I, and I really felt that I felt like if I wasn't actively mothering, I needed to be working. Well, and the funny thing is about that is that even with you know, you tend to help people on the, you, you know, you do help people on the business side. That's like your specialty. And though I'm helping a lot of people who are in business and working, you know, I'm really focused on the sort of lifestyle, motherhood, yep. self-care piece. And what's so interesting is when, like, I mean, and it pretty much happens to everyone who lands in our program, that self-care has become a hustle, which like, Totally. You know what I mean? It's like, because more, it's just more things on our to-do list. Yeah, it's, it's like one, more, one thing. more thing. And it's one more yeah. thing. And then we beat ourselves up about it. It's one more thing yeah. that you're not doing right. 
right? And like, I just got sick of that personally. And I really had, you know, I had a little bit of an identity crisis because I kind of was like, who am I? Like, who am I to talk about productivity? Who am I to talk about time management if, if it's kind of not working for me anymore? And that was where I really kind of got to this point of there's a difference between productivity and focus. And there's a difference between getting more done and getting the right things done. And that's where I really became obsessed with kind of shifting this narrative. And I like to say, I want to get away from hustle culture and move towards focus culture. And, you know, focus culture is this idea that we are, that even if we're not, I was going to say we're in control of our calendar and I can hear people being like, but what about school schedules and doctor's appointments? And, but we are in charge of how we feel about that. And I think that really comes down to our relationship with focus. So focus, focus is more attached. Like, I'm, this is a question. Like yeah. I'm, I'm just speaking out loud because I'm so, I'm so, I call what I do productivity, but I'm always basing it in feeling, you know, I call mm -hmm. it feminine productivity so we can differentiate, but, Same. but, but I'm so based in feeling. So it sounds like focus is more coming from a feeling. So if you, if you're feeling out of alignment or you're feeling sad or angry or whatever, it's like harder to focus. Is that Absolutely. true? Absolutely. Whereas Absolutely. productivity, and you can sort of hustle th through, I right. guess, which is where the culture yeah, productivity comes from. and like, and like muscle through at all costs and like the just do it mentality. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes that will get you over a hump. Sometimes if you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. I just got to get this email sent, right? Fine. You know, just get it done, get it out the door. But, it, but it, when that's how we're living our life, then I think it becomes really exhausting mentally and physically. Yeah. And there's tons of science and I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to neuroscience and the research and, you know, there's tons of science and brain chemistry that supports what you and I are talking about. But I yeah. think, but I think also kind of coming back to like, how do I want to feel? And like yeah. the, is it the carrot or the stick? And what I realized is for, for years, I was motivating myself with the stick. I thought it was the carrot. I thought, you know, I was going after these goals and these, you know, but I was, I was beating myself up about it instead of yeah. seeking that, um, that feeling. How do I want to feel? How do I want to show up? How do I want to show up for my clients? How do I want to show up for my kids? Okay. So will you explain how focus, like how focus yeah. is different, like what happens when we focus? Right. So I think the first thing that we have to really understand about focus is that our brains are not designed to focus all the time. And so I like to think about like, um, because I was an exercise science major in college. And so I like to think about muscle fibers and um, that we have different muscle fibers that are designed to do endurance activities like running a marathon and different muscle fibers that are help us sprint. And we are not, our body is not designed to sprint a marathon. And I think our brains are not designed to, you know, sprint, which is focusing for the entire day, which is the marathon, but we think we're supposed to, and we can get into capitalism and, you know, all of that. And we probably will, because I love to get on that soapbox about the patriarchy and capitalism and, and why all of our work hours and our school hours and um, even moral constructs like the early bird gets the worm 
are all oh God, just yes. like, <laughs> right? They're all just like based in capitalism and not based in body chemistry. And so right. we're just really not designed. And and the research is a little a, a little bit unclear on how long our brains can focus for. Um, you'll find research that shows that we can really only focus for about 25 minutes. Um, mm. And then up to about two hours is kind of the max that I've ever read that that researchers think the brain can really focus on one task. And so, yep. so, and, and then after that, your, 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 um, I want to use a different word than productivity, your, your output, you know, your, your ability to produce really decreases. Creativity. Yeah. Your right. creativity, everything, you know, really decreases. And again, you can think about like, how long can even the best sprinter in the world, how long can they maintain that pace? They can't maintain yep. it for, for longer than, than a reasonable amount of time. And it's the same for our brains. Yeah. It's interesting. And then, and then you start to think like, you know, you get to the end of the day. And so that probably means that the last like four hours haven't been as productive as you want. I'm using air quotes. Well, and, yeah. and, and then you get frustrated at yourself and then you think you didn't do anything, which probably isn't even true part of the time. Totally. Well, and I think, I think you uncovered a couple of things right there. One, I think that hustle culture that do more, produce more, get more done leads us to feeling like your to-do list is never, I love to-do lists. We're going to talk about to-do lists. Your to-do list is never going to be empty. And so if you're constantly chasing this, like I'm not good enough, I didn't do enough. I didn't have a good enough day. If if I didn't cross every single thing off my to-do list, like that's like an endless, like we're never going to get there. Right. Yeah. And then you mentioned like that our focus, like towards the end of the day, you know, starts to wane. So there's a couple of things here. We touched on, we touched on kind of capitalism and this whole idea of like the early bird gets (laughs) the worm. Right. Yeah. So the whole eight to five work day or nine to five work day was set up because um, factory owners needed everyone to show up at the same time. And so they right. needed to set work hours because they needed everyone. Everyone was a cog in the wheel and they needed everyone to show up and work the same hours. And what's really interesting is what came out of that are these colloquialisms like the early bird gets the worm, because how much easier is it to motivate a workforce if you turn the work hour rules into a moral construct. If you, if you make people believe that they are better people, if they get to work early, then you don't have to motivate them as, as much, right? You just have to say like, oh, if you're a, if you're a night owl, you're lazy. If you sleep until 10 AM, you're lazy, right? You're, you're a bad person. You're a good person if you get up early. And now we've moved away from the, you know, the industrial age. And many of us are entrepreneurs. Many of us have kids. We, many of us have babies at home that keep us up at night. And yet we're still kind of programmed that like, oh my gosh, if I don't start my work day at 5 a.m., then I'm not as good as the next person. And That's so- super interesting right now because I feel like we proved so much of this wrong during the pandemic. Totally. And yet the moral construct part is still so real because it's so embedded in us, like for probably, you know, for generations. So it's like harder to overcome that part and like not think that we're doing something bad, even though 
we see it working better now that we're like working home. We are so steeped in this, Mia. I think about, I think about that kitten poster in the back of your kindergarten classroom, right? (laughs) Like the poor little kitten is like clinging to the tree branch and the caption doesn't say, take a break, kitty. It doesn't say like, lighter, you know, take a rest, go take it down. The caption says, hang in there. Right. Like that's, that's what we're talking about. That's hustle culture. We're telling our kindergartners, like, just hang in there. Don't take a break. Don't, don't take a rest. Don't stop. Just hang in there. You can do this. Hang in there. Right. And so not that, I mean, I love positivity. I love motivation, all of those things, but I think we just have to really look at like, what's that underlying message telling us that we're not we're not able to take a break, even as a kindergartner, you know, we're not able to just rest or, or veg out for a minute or, you know, and, and like you said, and I think, I think the pandemic, while it feels like it was an eternity, you know, yeah. I'm 46, it was three years, you know, that's a, that's a kind of a small percentage of my life in the scheme of all of the things that I've learned, you know, so, so we have to, we have to unlearn some of that. And it's hard because um, there's this, there's this sense of being behind, right? It's like, if, if you slow down and no one else does, then now you're behind, right? So it's not easy. Yeah, no, it's not easy. And it's every, it's everywhere. And it almost feels like it's come on stronger on the other side because, and and now that you're saying this out loud, I'm like, it's probably because we have such moral, like we're holding on like the cat to these like, moral things from before. And so it's like, we want it even stronger now. It's so interesting. All right. So, so what does focus look like then? Like, tell us a little bit about, about, about what optimal focus does look like. Maybe that will help loosen up a little bit of some of the things, thoughts that we're all carrying around. Right. So I think let's stick with our sprinter analogy for a minute. And I think if we think about how much, um, like if we can if we can tie these two together about how successful a sprinter is when they like think about a whole and I'm not a sprinter I'm not a runner but like think about that whole kind of routine maybe that a sprinter goes through that involves like some warm up some 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 jogging around the track some getting their muscles loose then sprinting for a short amount of time and then recovering and and then, and then there's all sorts of recovery that goes into it as far as their nutrition and, you know, all of the things that they're doing so that they can be super successful. And if we want to use this word, super productive during their sprint. And that's how I want people to think about um, productivity is like, let's be super productive, but let's do it in a, in a sprint. Let's do it in a focused time. And that um, sprinter is not trying to do a bunch of other things during that sprint. They're not trying to also lift weights. They're not trying to also refuel. They're not trying to do all of the other things that they have to do to be a successful sprinter. They're just focused on what I call their most important work. Because sprinters also have to lift weights and do nutrition and do all of these other things, just like business owners have to pay their taxes and have client calls and do all of the things, you know, sweep the floor, like all of the things we still have to do with those, but what are we doing in our focus time? 
And that's where I call your, your most important work. And that, you know, that can change. It's like what you're working on or what, what's yeah. kind of most important to you. Well, and can you, can you debunk that myth? Cause I've heard you do this for our, our community before. So I think this is important, but because I think everyone's like, oh yeah, that's like the, the, what is it? The early, early bird, bird gets the worm. Eat the frog. Right. Yeah, eat or the eat frog. Or, or mm-hmm. eat the frog. So, so my guess is it's not morning for everybody. Is that true? Like, it's is not. that time that a focus for your ideal thing? Right. It's not. And, and again, research shows this like research. It's not just, you know, it's not just like, yeah, it probably isn't, but like research tells us. And I think, I think for anyone listening, if you really step back and you really get kind of quiet, right. And you really listen to yourself. You're like, you know what? My best time for focus is actually 9am. My best time for focus is actually 1pm. Or maybe it's not a time of day. Maybe it's tied to another trigger. Like I, my best time for focus is after I've worked out or my best time for focus is, you know, and so it's just, and some is our brain chemistry. There are definitely people that are early birds. Some people are night owls. So some of that is your brain chemistry. And some of that is deciding like, you know what? My best focus time is 8 p.m. And then that's where you have to just be okay with, I'm going to sleep in. I'm going to have a a slow start to my morning. I'm going to work out. I'm going to eat. I'm going to do these other things. And I'm going to do my most important work at 8 p.m. And then other things are circumstantial. And I think those are really important to acknowledge. And that's where I see like for myself personally, that like my focus time has shifted a little bit as my lifestyle has shifted, as my kids have gotten older, um, you know, I'm afternoon is actually becoming a good time for me to focus. I'm, I'm knock on wood, getting better sleep at night. Um, I tend to do kind of more of my work tasks earlier in the day because I've got team members and clients that are in different time zones. And then, you know, I, then I have lunch and then kind of there's this lull um, where I'm really able to drop into focus so that for me, you know, noon, one, two o'clock is becoming a really good time for focus. I was just talking with another client and she, while she said that she is a night owl, she's also just really embracing that after that, after her kids go to bed, and no, kind of no one needs her, she can really drop in. She's working on a writing project. You know, she can really drop in and write at 8 p.m. And that may look different. I know now my kids stay up later, right? Your kids probably stay up later. So I've kind of lost that, um, you know, kids going to bed at 7 p.m. and me having a couple of hours. Like we joke that oh, my that kids was tuck, so nice, right? <laughs> my kids tuck me in now, you know, like literally my kids will come into my bedroom and I will be in bed already and they'll come in and give me a kiss good night, you know? So, so circumstantially, I've never been a night owl, but circumstantially that, um, you know, that has shifted because of the age of my kids. So, um, so I think it's really about listening to yourself and your circumstances and then being okay with that and then and then being okay with shifting things around if that means you work out at nine in the morning if that means you sleep until noon like whatever that means if that means that 5 a.m is your best focus time fantastic fantastic get up at get up at 5 a.m and do your focus work and if that means you need to go to bed at nine go to bed at nine so it's really about just embracing that and so let's, let's go. So you mentioned the to-do list earlier. Yeah. <laughs> so can we go back there? Like, because we've mentioned a few times, like your, 
your I'm forgetting what you even call it, but like your ideal work, your, yeah. your like the most the important work, work, the things that matter, mm-hmm. most important work. There we go. Um, so I feel like that's I mean, that's what we do a lot of work with figuring what that is, you know, holistically around here. But I, I don't know that everybody understands that because right. we don't because what happens with our to do list culture is that we end up doing a lot of not important things. Mm-hmm. I mean, they all keep our life running, right. but they in general can take apart, you know, take away from the thing that is most important for us to work on. So will you talk a little bit about the to-do list and like figuring out what that is? Yeah, totally. And I've got a couple of things to say on this. So let's, so, so let's start with like, now we've kind of, maybe everyone is on board. Maybe you need a little more, you know, convincing, but you're kind of on board with this idea that like, okay, I need bursts of focus time, you know, somewhere in the 25 to two hour, you know, timeframe. So I run a program called focus sessions. We do 90 minute, um, focus sessions in our program. Um, so we do, um, we've kind of found that sweet spot, um, in between those, but they're broken into 37 minute sprints, two 37 minute sprints. So you still get a break in the middle. So two 37 minute sprints. So once we've, so the first thing then the people always ask me is like, well, what should I do with that focus time? What should I be doing with that focus time? Um, whether you're coming to one of our focus sessions, whether you're, you know, blocking out time for yourself. And so we break it down into three buckets. And I think this is a a helpful place to start. And then we're going to break down one of the buckets even further. So the Mm -hmm. first three things that I think are good, a good use of a focus block of time. One is that deep work. That's um, a Cal Newport term deep work, but it's kind of, it's what, what we call your most important work or your highest good. You know, it's the, it's that thing that is like the thing you need focus for the thing that you need the flow state for. It's the thing that moves your business forward, moves your life forward. Um, it's not paying bills. It's not, um, grocery shopping. It's like, like you said, all of those things need to get done, but they're not, this isn't the thing that, that moves you forward. That's your deep work. And we're going to go back to that one. The second thing is I don't think people, and this is where you and I are perfectly aligned. um, I don't think people spend enough time planning and visioning. And so I think the use of a focus block to do some planning and visioning is really important. And so visioning, um, we could get on a whole tangent about the need for white space. Um, But again, our brains are designed to not focus. And our brains actually do really important work when we're not focusing. So we have this thing called the default mode network in our brain. And what's really interesting is if you look at calorie consumption of our brain, when we're focused, when we're focused on a task, our brain is using about 5% of the body's energy. When we are actively not focusing, this is why all your good ideas come in the shower. When you are actively not focusing, your brain is actually using 20% of your body's energy. So it's actually using four times the amount of energy. That's when your brain, I have this visual of like a little librarian or like a little person in my brain, like who's running around, like sorting all the files, pulling up old memories, you know, what is, how does this relate to this and um, other people's experiences? Like that's when your brain is sorting out all of that information. And so that's why it's so important to have that time, that downtime, that visioning time, that time where your brain is not focusing. So it can do all of that other work. It's not, it's not a coincidence 
that your best ideas come in the shower, come when you're gardening, come when you're on a kind of a long, boring car ride, because your brain is able to go into that default mode network. Um, and that's where creativity comes from. So I think that can be another use for, for us in our busy lives, you know, sometimes scheduling time to think about what is my launch going to be? What is, what do I want my next novel to be about? You know, just scheduling time to, to just kind of daydream is really important. And then having time to actively plan. Um, the research shows us that for every, you know, there's different, different math equations, but for every one minute you spend planning, you save 10 minutes on execution. So spending some time planning. So taking that 90 minutes or that 37 minutes to plan out your project is going to save you time when you actually get into the deep work of doing your project. And then yeah. our last bucket is kind of controversial. Um, our last bucket we call clear the deck and clear the deck is when you take, when you designate a specific container of time to do those nagging tasks that are kind of clogging your brain so that you can focus later. And it's kind of controversial because some people are like, ah, you shouldn't spend, these are kind of the mundane tasks. You shouldn't spend your focus time doing that. But my, my feeling is this happened to me, you know, six months ago or a year ago, whenever it was where I sat down to focus time. And I also, I had gotten a letter from the IRS and I needed to deal with it. I needed to send them some documentation. Um, and I sat down to focus time to do whatever my most important work was. And, and my brain was just like, oh my gosh, IRS. Oh my gosh, I got to deal with that. Oh, and I couldn't focus. And so that's an example of kind of like a clear the deck, like let's not just endless random doing things, but deciding like, Hey, for the next 30 minutes, I'm going to send is I'm going to send all of these emails. I'm going to pay this bill, whatever the thing is, that's kind of clogging your mind. Like I'm going to take 30 minutes. I'm going to gather the information I need and I'm going to mail it off to the IRS so that I can close that computer tab in my brain. And then I can focus later. Yeah, and I love it. I and for in my book, it, like I, I think it's not controversial at all. But I think it probably is the is the thing where account like accountability, coaching, like feedback comes in because I think it's probably where are all those old like conditioning like yeah. comes in and tells us this is what we should be doing. So for everyone listening, by the way, I pay Megan every month so that every Flow 365er can be part of as many focus sessions as they want to, because I truly, truly believe in this. And we do spend some time like coaching out of like, is, is it really the right time to clear the deck right. or like, can you do the other thing? So I think it's like, we have to get onto ourselves a little bit. Cause I think a lot of us like buffer or hide I was gonna, in yeah, saying exactly. that we need to clear the deck. Like it's totally. so easy. So For I always sure. ask myself like a million questions before I say that, like, is this true? Right. Or like, do I just like, you know, there's something else coming up in my mindset. That's well, and like, it almost goes back to that planning bucket, right? So like, and that's why having a container is really helpful because it's like that children's book, right? If you give a mouse a cookie, it's like, if you give an entrepreneur an email, they'll realize that they, <laughs> right? Like we can kind of go down that rabbit hole and we've all had that happen. Oh my God, you should totally write that book. I know you're writing right? another one, but you should write that. If you give an right? entrepreneur an email. If you give an entrepreneur an email, they'll realize that they didn't reply to another inquiry. And when they go to reply to that inquiry, they realize that they, you know, need to schedule a meeting with their team member. You know, it's like, that's what happens. And then all of a sudden two, you went to, you were going to reply to one email and two hours later, you've gone down that, that rabbit hole of like all these things. And so that's where I think 
that's where using like, I'm going to take like, maybe, maybe you're going to go to a focus session at 9am. And so you're going to say, okay, at 830, I'm going to do these three tasks because the focus session starts at 9am. I'm going to get these three things off my list so that I can focus on the memoir that I'm writing at you know, 9am. So using, so using it, or a lot of times, a lot of our members will on our, during our Friday sessions, they'll do a clear the deck session on Friday, because then that lets them kind of, again, close the computer tabs and go into the weekend, you know, feeling a little more like they can put work away because they kind of, they had that scheduled time to close some things out, close some computer tabs, you know, literal and figuratively and, and move on. I love it. So good. All right. So, well, I know we're going to go deeper into the deep work part. And then I have so many questions about the to-do list. So it's hard. Well, let's talk. Like, can we put the two together a little bit? I was so, going like, to say they are, they're, they're the same. Let's put them together. Yeah. Okay. All right. You put them together. You take it from here. Tell us about the deep work and how that relates to the to-do list, like specifically in how many of us maybe are misusing our to-do list. Yeah. Or I like to, I like it. to say my, my clickbait, my clickbait headline here is that your to-do list might be sabotaging your productivity. And yeah. you know, that's like, what my to-do list, I need my to-do list. So the, the, the thing about to-do lists is we have a tendency as humans to put the wrong thing on our to-do list. And so we're kind of talking about like this deep work bucket. And when I, when I talk to entrepreneurs and I say like, what's, what are your big goals? What are your big goals for this quarter? Or what, what, what's that most important work that you're doing? You know, people will tell me things like, oh, I want to, I want to launch a podcast or I'm redoing my, my website, or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm creating a new course or I'm writing a book or, you know, all these things that those are their goals. Right. And then when I say, okay, well, what's on your to-do list and I'll do this in, in workshops, I'll have people tell me what's on their to-do list. And when, when I ask what's on a to-do list, people will say like, work on my book, work on my website, launch my podcast. Right. So the problem is, is that those things, they're not goals and they're not tasks. So when I ask people what their goals are and they say to launch a podcast, that's not actually a goal. And when I say what's on your to-do list, what are the tasks on your to-do list? And they say, launch a podcast, that's not a task. And so we yeah, get- Yeah, and in the, in, in the other side of things, it's like exercise. S- same, spend, yeah. You know, quality t- more quality time with kids, you know, like, so it can come up in all aspects of our life. Exactly, exactly. Okay, yeah. I want to get healthy, right? Yeah. Oh, I have a goal. I want to get healthy, right? And then, you know, a lot of times those things don't even end up on your to-do list at all, which is also kind of part of the problem, <laughs> exactly. right? Like you put exactly. pay the phone bill on your to-do list, but you don't necessarily put, you know, prepare a healthy meal on your to-do yes. list. Yes. Um, so, so yeah, so, so it's really important. It's all semantics, right? It's really important in how we're defining a goal, a project and a task. And then we're putting those things physically in the right location, and so a task, um, I was going to go in the, the reverse order, but a goal, a goal is the, is the thing that inspires you, you know? So instead of just like get healthy, it's kind of like get healthy for what, or, or be able to do what, or get healthy for the sake of what, or what does healthy mean to you? 
you know, for me, um, I've been on, you know, a health journey, a post pandemic health journey. And for me, it came up when my daughter and I wanted to go to Disneyland and I had this fear that I wouldn't be able to walk around Disneyland with my daughter on, on short notice. You know, we were kind of looking for, my son was going on a school trip for spring break. We were like, what can we do for spring break? Let's go to Disneyland. And I had this fear of like, I will not be able to walk around Disneyland. And so that became my health goal is, you know, to, to be able to make any, any choice of something that I want to do and, and know that. that I could like physically do it. Right. So that's more of a goal. It's not run a marathon. It's not like a specific, like, you know, again, we hear that goals are supposed to be smart, right? That acronym specific measurable, right? I think that goals don't have to be smart. I think goals need to be inspirational for me, knowing that I can do anything my kids want that I can, you know, spend that quality time with my kids because I can do anything they want to do, except maybe keep up with my son on a mountain bike. But, you know, still, <laughs> um, that I can do anything they want to do because I'm healthy. That's a goal. That's inspirational to me. Now, the project can be smart. The project level is where we get to launch a podcast, right? Run a marathon, you know, create a sustainable meal plan system. Those are projects and projects get us to the goal, you know, be, um, you know, be healthier and set a better example for my kids is a goal. Create a sustainable meal plan is the project that will get me to that goal. Yes. And then the tasks are the individual units that make up the project. And most of us put projects on our to-do list and we need to break it down into the smallest unit of work. And so even something as seemingly small as write a blog post really or can, make a meal plan. or make a meal plan can, can get broken down into, so maybe for, for Tuesday, maybe your task in the project of make a sustainable meal plan is research recipes right? Or watch Mia's video on how to create a meal plan. That is a task. A task is a one step process. So it's something that goes from not done to done in one step. We, we do the blog or write an email one, right? I feel like email newsletters, the thing that comes up all the time. Yeah. So, here. so <laughs> if, you, if you put down on your to-do list, write a blog post. So I joke that the first step to get out of overwhelm, because a lot of people are overwhelmed by their to-do list. So I joke that the first step to get out of overwhelm is to temporarily get more overwhelmed. <laughs> and what I mean by that is what I want you to do is I want you to take that one item on your to-do list, write a blog post, and I want you to turn it into five to-do list items. So I want you to break it down into outline the blog post, write the blog post, edit the blog post, find the graphic for the blog post, upload the blog to your website, link to your call to action, publish it, right? So write a blog post just became seven to-do list items. So sometimes it's like, ah, now my to-do list is seven times as long, but yeah, but now you know exactly what needs to be done. And now you can put it in the right containers of time throughout your day. And maybe you're going to do it all in order, you know, one through seven, all in one, you know, focus time, but 
you also can look at your calendar. How many times, you know, show of hands, how many times have you looked at your calendar and you've said, oh, I have a call in 15 minutes and I have to write a blog post, but I can't write a blog post in 15 minutes. So I'm going to scroll Instagram while I wait for my call. Right. Right. But if you have that broken down, if it, if one of your items is find a graphic for your blog post and you're like, oh, I have 15 minutes. I could find a, I could find, I'm going to give myself 15 minutes. I'm going to give myself a finite container of time before my next client call. And I'm going to find that graphic. And, and so you're able to be again, more efficient with your time because you're really clear on what the actual to-do list, what the actual tasks are. And yeah. yeah. So I love that. I could talk about it for hours, but that's, yeah, I know. And it's so good. So good. I want everyone to take that in. Cause I think that's just, it's so important. So, and it's actually the thing that comes up the most around, like around here as well. It's like, that's, that's always the correct, like always the correction to ask yourself because I do it. Like I have to remind myself Same. very yeah. often, like, Oh wait, that's like an aspiration. Oh wait, that's a, you know, project. Like why, what is that doing in this like 20 minute block on right. my calendar? Like right. that makes no sense. Yeah. So anytime you're we feeling all, we that, all do anytime it. you're feeling like a little bit overwhelmed or you're feeling like, wow, well, I can't get, you know, that's my first recommendation is like, are you trying to fit a project? You know, are you trying to fit a project where a task should be? Are you trying yeah. to just, you know, again, get healthy, right? Like, what does that mean? What do I, you know, that just feels, it's very yeah. amorphous, right? Let's break it down into yeah. a project. Like, you know, yeah. then it's like, what's your, pro what's your get healthy project for March? What's your get healthy project for April? You can start to break it down into something that's more and, tangible. And I think one of the most important things that you said in all that too, was like that piece about breaking it down even further, like get more overwhelmed for a minute, because yeah. in general, like, even if there's something that is a task, like it really legitimately is a task, yet we're still not doing it. Like right. I find the more I can break it down, the more chance I have of actually doing it because some piece of it, whether it's like my past program or something, something's coming in that's making me overwhelmed about it. And so right. that well, really helps. And again, science and research tells us that kind of the ideal length of time for a task is somewhere in the like, you know, 15 to you know, 45 minute range. So the idea of the, like the Pomodoro technique being 25 minutes, yep. like that is based in brain science. Yeah. And yep. so if you have, maybe, maybe you're, um, maybe you're writing the, you know, the cop, all the copy for your homepage and that's not yep. a 15 minute task. Right. But what, but, but I really recommend, even if you're just breaking it into time chunks, that that really helps your brain focus. So maybe you yes. really do, maybe it's going to take you two or three hours to write all of this copy. But if you can even break it down into um, six 30 minute sessions on your to-do list, it that kind of motivation and that kind of, and I would argue that there's ways to break it down other than just time, but like even just that, yeah. even if you're looking at something, I'll have my clients go through their to-do list and assign an approximate amount of time to all of their items. Like, okay, this will take me 15 minutes. This will take me 30. And if there's anything on your to-do list, that's going to take more than 60 minutes, I really recommend you try to break it down into a smaller chunk. You're just, there's also like, you're going to build momentum. You're going to build momentum and you're going to be able to kind of, again, be more efficient with your time because you're building some momentum, not like, oh my gosh, I've got to spend the next three hours 
you know, just and don't lie. Mm. Don't tell yourself I could do this in 30 minutes or it should take 30 minutes. <laughs> no, right. really break it down. <laughs> really break it down. Really break it down. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love it. Okay. So Megan's going to be back on the podcast soon because she's in the midst of about to launch an amazing book with surprise, surprise, the name focus. So we're so excited to see what's, what we can, what more we can learn about this topic. And I'm so excited for that book that is coming out later this spring, I think, yeah, right? This spring. I know. I'm so, I'm so nervous because this is kind of the first time I've publicly announced it. I'm like, wait, maybe, oh. maybe, maybe <laughs> not. I don't know. No, it's, it's All happening. Right, well, it's now happening. everyone listening, happening. everyone listening, you're officially on the team to make this thing a success. Yeah. So when you hear us talking about it again, come tune back in and, and learn how you can help. So we were talking the other day because we have this event coming up called um, Make Space for Your Greatness. And um, one of the things I asked you is, you know, could we could we let a, a whole group of people come into the focus sessions instead of just flow 365ers? And you were like, of course, because focus, like part of my whole thing is, is that focus is so that you can make space for your great greatness. So we just comment on that for a second, then we're going to let you go because we're definitely going to bring you back. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that this is exactly it. Like this concept of like make space for your greatness. And I wrote in my notes right here. It's like, this is why focus is important. Um, because, and we hear this over and over again from our, from our, our members in focus sessions that they, that by, that you become so much more efficient with your time. So either you're using your focus time to get the, to get the things done, to get the, the client proposal done, to get the meal plan done. Like either you're using your focus time for that and you're so much more efficient that now you're taking the rest of the afternoon to take, you know, one of, yes. one of our clients I'll remember, she's like, I, I left at two and took my kids to the beach because I was yeah. so focused during that focus session, like taking your kids to the beach, like that's your greatness, right? Like that's making yeah. space for your greatness. And so, so using your focus time to be more efficient, to be laser focused, to not be trying to multitask, not be, you know, pushing your kid on the swing and checking your email at the same time. Right. Like it's like, <laughs> which I totally, totally did. Um, it's, it's when you really focus in, like, I'm going to focus now so that I can do something else later. And that's my yeah. big mantra with focus sessions is I don't want you to get more done. I want you to get the right things done. And if you're getting the right things done, you're going to have space for your greatness. And if you're great, if whatever your greatness is requires focus, maybe you, maybe yes. you have an amazing story to tell and you need to write that memoir, then yeah. do it in focus time use the focus time, say, okay, yes, I've got a million things. I've got a baby. I've got a teenager. I've got this. I've got an ailing, you know, aging parents. I've got a volunteer. I've got all this other stuff, but from nine to 11, I'm focused on my greatness, which is, you know, getting my story out to the world. So there's kind of two ways that you can use it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. We all, I, I mean, focus has changed so much. And I love hearing how, you know, a lot of times, like it doesn't even matter why you decide to focus because we hear a lot in our community that women were feeling so scattered so they just listened to us and went to these focus sessions that we promised would like right. you know do something and then you know a few months later it's like oh Right. Like I can focus on everything better. Like all of a sudden I'm like actually like dropping into a five minute conversation with my kid instead of being with them for an hour and like not right. hearing a word that they say or you know wow, like I actually meal prepped because I could like 
do it. Like, so it's not only right. work, it's like also all the things because our brain like it's learning to focus. And so when it's, when it's focusing on something, it's learning how to bring that into all the different parts of our day. I will totally admit that that was not uh, an outcome that I anticipated. I thought yeah. that, you know, I thought that focus sessions, like I'm like, oh great. Cause we, cause I'd been doing these for years in my other programs. Yeah. And so I thought like, oh great, we're giving people this like block of time to focus, but we've had so yeah. many people share that response that like now I'm better focused on the other parts of my day, I'm better focused in conversations. I better. And that just like blows me away. Like that, like I said, we didn't set out when we're like, let's launch focus sessions and help people, you know, be more focused the rest of the day. Like we didn't, we didn't think that, not that we didn't think that would happen, but we just didn't even, it didn't even occur to us. Well, it makes sense. It's like a muscle, right? It's like, it's like a muscle. So it's like when we start working out, we keep doing it because we have the, like we feel strong. Yeah. When you're working out, not only are you then able to lift heavier weights in the gym, but you're able to lift your groceries more easily, right? Yeah. It translates to, it translates across. And so that's like, we're just thrilled that, that we're hearing that. So. Yeah. I love it. Oh my gosh. All right, you all. So I hope that you loved this conversation. Did I miss anything? Did I miss no. asking you a question that we no. need to answer today? I mean, we're going to have you back like a hundred times because Just we make need to space learn for your greatness. Like make space, like what a make space for your greatness. Like I'm just going to steal that as a mantra. Like Oh my God. I love it. I love it. And so everyone who's listening, you got to go sign up because then you can experience what it's like to be, to focus. And one of the things I talk a lot about, I'm going to add one more thing in. One of the things I talk a lot about is the fact, like, you know, we're serving a lot of people who are holding a lot, right? Holding their, maybe you're holding a business, you're, you're holding the fact that you're mothering, you're holding your household together. Like we're holding Mm -hmm. a lot together. Mm -hmm. And us, the same people who do that very often, we don't let, we don't receive, we don't, we're, we're not often held we don't, yeah, right? we don't in the way that we're help. holding. Mm-hmm. And so one of my, like the reason that I'm so passionate about like being able to incorporate the focus sessions in and, and we were doing them before, but I couldn't do them to the amount that I wanted to. And so when Megan started this, I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. This is perfect. But it's like somebody else is holding the space for you to focus. Yep. Someone else is being the timer. Like somebody else is like, you know, so like, I feel like a lot of times I would go to do this big work, this great work, and I would get lost and I would forget to go pick up a kid or, you know, and then, and then I wouldn't do it because I had a fear that that would happen even if it didn't happen. And so just like having somebody else hold your time, it's such a luxury. It's such an amazing luxury, but it's, it's, it really helps. It really so, does. It really does. Yeah. I host a lot of the focus sessions, but I love to go to the focus sessions yeah. for exactly that reason. Like I want to go and just like completely disconnect from Dropping. everything, do my thing. And someone else will tell me what to do. Someone else will tell me to breathe. Someone else will tell me to take a break. Someone else will, yeah. you know, tell me to do that. So I totally Yeah. Agree. And I think that's such an important part. All the pieces that you bring in are such an important part of focus that are so easy to forget when we're doing it ourselves. Like I hold my breath, like I, I teach breathing all the time and I hold my breath all the time. Yeah. Like, right. Like, so it's like the same thing. All right. Well, we could literally talk for eight same. hours or 10 yes. or 12, but, yes. um, so good to have you here. This was so good. Um, I'm so excited for more people to understand focus, the concept and be held in focus and all the things. And we will put all the links to everything in the show notes and just get really excited everyone for Megan's book. Cause it's going to be so good. And we're all going to, it's going to be our beach reading for the summer. We're going to learn to focus. That's awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Mia. Oh, so good.
At the end of every episode, we always share three doable changes so you can take what you've learned and put it into action because action is where change happens. But here's the thing. Often when we're wanting change, it feels so big. And so we think then that the actions have to be so big. Now, I'm hoping that Megan has convinced you otherwise, but at the end of every episode, we share these three doable changes. So we're going to do them today too. And these are three things that you can add into your life one at a time to take sort of micro shifts and really create a ripple effect that will create a big change over time, but you're truly integrating all these little things. So I do always share three doable changes with the hopes that you will choose one and really roll with it. And then if there's more than one that piques your interest, jot it down and move on to it next week. All right. Here we go. Here are the three from my conversation with Megan. Number one, know your most focused time. Oh my goodness, did I love this one because I definitely got bamboozled (laughs) and have thought for a long time that I'm supposed to be a morning person, that that's supposed to be the most focused time. And this one really helped me. I actually heard it from Megan before, and it's really helped me to work with what actually is my most focused time. So when we work, when we're most focused and ready, we tend to get more done with more ease. It makes sense, right? So what time would you choose to work if you didn't have guilt around not working at expected times? When would you work? When do you feel like you get the most ideas? You're the most concentrated. It may not be from nine to five or when your kids are at school, right? All right, here's number two. Break your projects into tasks. Too often, we put projects on our to-do list. I hope you heard Megan say that. And then we don't do the things because they feel too big. So break your projects into the simplest steps. If you can't do it in an hour, meaning not the breaking down, but the project, the, the, the thing that you've put on your list, it probably has more steps. So schedule time for each step or task. All right, doable change number three, set a focus sprint. Set aside 90 minutes to focus. When you're focusing, that means you turn off all distractions, including your phone. You write down specifically what you will do in that time you turn on a timer and you go. You can and should give yourself a break in the middle and then you can get back to it. And when the 90 minutes is up, this was the coolest thing that Megan shared. You just let go of focus because we don't need to be focused all day long. You're just promising yourself those 90 minutes. Don't you love those doable changes? You definitely should go check out Flow 365 or focus sessions. You can go get focus sessions on their their own. We actually purchase them for everyone in Flow 365. They're an important part of our work. So that's what I got for today. And I am so excited to see you on the next episode of the podcast. And if you're still here listening and you haven't signed up to make space for your greatness, I highly recommend doing that. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you know a woman who wants a little more simple and a lot more flow, share this episode and send them over to the Plan Simple website to download our free course. And 
If you can find a five-minute window today between meetings in the carpool line while you're eating your lunch, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. This one action plays such a big part in helping other women find us. And I have so much gratitude for you in advance. So thank you so much. Until next week, dream big, plan from your heart, and have a great day.